Powered by Righteous Media. Welcome to another episode of the Beat Orm Podcast. I am your co-host, Don the Piz Elevert, joined as always by Justin Jericho Turner. And we are two former college roommates getting together a couple decades later to talk about life, business, media, culture, entertainment, and everything in between. Let's go. Made it 10 episodes deep. We in the double digits. <laughs> Cheers. Cling. What do you Ten have episodes. on deck this week? I got another pastry stout, which is uh it's my my little my thing now. Um I think this shit is called Bungalow Nights. Very good though. Very good. Nice full body, even though it's a pastry stout, not too sweet. I don't like the real sugary stuff. Good flavor. I like this one. Bungalow night. What does that one taste like? Because all the you've had, you've had like a chocolatey one before. You've had like a all types of stuff. Is that one just? I'm I'm going to give it to you from the horse's mouth here. It's got a. I love the name. It's got a little hickory. Ooh, okay. Cinnamon. Mm Mm-hmm. A little coffee. It's good. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, I like man. it. Yeah, man. I think we came with, I think we might've came with a uh, similar p- favor flavor profiles here. What you got? What you got? What you arguing? I made myself, um, I recently, recently got introduced to, and I don't know if these have been around for a long time, but you ever heard of a dirty chai latte? Yeah. 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 Love Which it. is basically like a chai latte with an, with a mix with espresso. Mm-hmm. Those joints are tasty. And for some reason today, I was just craving one. So I was like, you know what? Let me make another craft cocktail for, uh, for, the, for the pod and see how it comes out. Very, very, very pleased with this one. But I had to go to the store, buy some chai tea. Because the thing I hate about chai lattes is whenever you go get a chai latte somewhere, most of the time they're either using that syrupy stuff or that powdered stuff that's just yeah, full of sugar. Yeah. And it's like, you know. It just tastes, you know, processed. Like it tastes great because it's just sugar and processed stuff, right? <laughs> but I went to the store. I got myself like a good one of my favorite tea brands. I got their chai, clean chai tea, right? Boiled the tea. Then I took the chai tea, uh, mixed it with. I, I went half and half with chai tea and coffee. Um, and then I hit that with some uh, super creamer. You ever had super coffee? Mm-mm. So Please. super coffee is this brand. They make these coffees that have uh that are like, they're like these keto coffees that uh, have a uh, MCT oil in them, which is great for, it has, it has great health benefits. Let's just put it that okay. way. It's one All of right. the things you get from like coconut and stuff. Um, but anyway, so uh, it's a keto gluten-free uh, lactose free creamer. Love it. MCT oils in there. Get some, make myself think I'm healthy when I'm poisoning myself with alcohol <laughs> uh, through dash of cinnamon, vanilla stevia. And then I blessed it with the barb and core Haitian rum and uh, some of the, some uh, maple cream liqueur. Word. Word. Um, Yo, barb and core I, needs I, a, I, I, we, we need, we need sponsorship. We dropping, we dropping. We, yeah, barb and core needs a holla. <laughs> hit us up, man. 
Well, I'm gonna tell you. I think I'm gonna call. I think I'm gonna call this one an extra dirty chai latte. Extra dirty, or how about a filthy? A filthy chai, filthy chai. There it is, right there. Because this thing is <laughs> this one, this one right here. I've liked. I've loved some of the. I've made some tasty drinks in uh, in previous pods, but this one right here, gets a job done. Listen, you know, people, people hit me up. They like, they like, yo, I got to run it back and get the recipe. We're going to have to start putting the recipe on the social. <laughs> so people can just make. Well, this one drinks. right here is one people need to keep. All right, word, <laughs> word. Yeah, that sounds good. Drink sexy, that. America. <laughs> we got June. Uh, we got Juneteenth coming up. Yes, well, sir. by the time people hear this, Juneteenth will have already happened. Uh-huh. Hopefully, right. if uh, anybody listening to the podcast uh, get, listens to it as soon as it comes out, because they can't wait to hear it, <laughs> then they'll be hearing it just a few days after Juneteenth, the right. same week. So I know that uh, this is a topic that um, you have wanted to touch upon, speak upon, and we've even touched upon it before. Even in the last episode, we talked about some uh, capitalistic commercial the commercialization of Juneteenth. Um, but I want to introduce a new segment that we are going to call black on black with Jericho. <laughs> All right, please tell, tell the man people Jericho. What we're doing. Tell the people what we're doing. Well, we're going to take a topic that is near and dear to the black community's hearts or should, you know, probably to many black <laughs> Americans. And we're going to let you break it down for people in a way that only you are capable of doing. You, <laughs> How's that for an explanation? Thank you. That's, that that was, it was perfect. It was perfect. That was, I was meant. <laughs> I was very good. But yeah, man, I just, you know, I've always been a little bit of an outsider, if you can imagine. And growing up within and also without the community has left me with a very unique perspective. You have a similar perspective, even though we have, you know, a different different path. But, you know, mm-hmm. being able to see things from a different perspective, I think, is has given me some clarity on a couple of things. So. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just an introduction to our segment. We're not going to go deep. We're going we're, we're gonna to hit y'all with some segments coming up in the future. We got Juneteenth coming up. For those of y'all who don't know what that is, it's, uh, just, it's Black Independence Day, okay? And just to put things in perspective, Black people were already free. The war was already over, but nobody told us. And that's, <laughs> that, that's kind of like a metaphor for the entire black American existence, right? Like things happen, things change, but nobody tells us. And we continue to do things the way we've always done them or, you know, the way Nana said that we should do it. Or, you know, we like to keep things conservative, if you will, right? You like where I went there right there, right? So <laughs> flipping it today, off. As opposed to getting super deep on how we just got our brand new holiday, and it's a throwback to uh, episode five, um, we wouldn't have Juneteenth without Pete Saji and Blackish. So just 
If you haven't heard it, go back to episode five. Check that out. It's our first guest, um, Pete Saji, one of the executive producers of Blackish. That Juneteenth episode put Juneteenth on the map as far as I'm concerned. And the reason why we have it as a national holiday is because it was on the Disney network. Um, <laughs> because, it was, because it was running on, on national TV um, and people were dancing around. So now we have Juneteenth. And I want to talk to, to the black community about something very important, Piz. Uh, you know, inflation is up. And I don't know if you know this, but Snoop Dogg Crazy has hot. a professional blunt roller. Did you, are you aware? Are you aware of that? Oh, when I said crazy high, I was actually talking about inflation, by the way. I wasn't talking about um, <laughs> Snoop Dogg or a blunt roller, but, I, but I, I see where that went. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so like inflation, Snoop Dogg is always crazy high because there's a prof- professional. Bro- he gave his blunt roller a raise. I just wanted to throw some love out to Snoop Dogg because he sees how the, how the economy is moving. But. Mm-hmm. For all the people out there who are still rolling bloods, I just wanted to talk to y'all. This is to my community. I had some people who will come and will smoke with me for the first time. And I'm packing my little mm-hmm. pipe, right? And then I hand it to them. Mm-hmm. And people that are from the hood who have never really smoked anything but blunts, they're like, yo, I feel like I'm smoking crack. Like, I've heard this like 10 times. <laughs> and I'm like, they see the little glass pipe you break out? Exactly. 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 Uh, so I just wanted to talk to the black community about smoking herb economically. All right. Because a lot of y'all are out here spending way too much money on herb. Just like when you drink it, right? You can binge smoke, which is what often happens when people are smoking blunts because you pack all of that herb into one blunt and then you light it and you smoke. Now, some people are good about smoking a little bit and putting it out or whatever, but most people are smoking way more than they need to. On top of that, when you're smoking out of a piece, you know, the herb is not burning the whole time, right? So, you know, if you smoke out of a blunt, even when you're not inhaling, it's just burning your weed that you paid for. It's not even logical, but people do it all the time and they can't not do it. And what they don't fully understand is that there is a commercial aspect to that, right? Because you have to go out and you have to buy papers and you have to buy tobacco products and then scrape the tobacco out and put it in the trash and then smoke that. But the the leaf is still made out of tobacco, my man Pizzle. Mm. So you're still smoking that tobacco. You're still getting that corporate product. So at the end of the day, if you really want to smoke herb and you want to smoke good, maybe you don't want to roll blunts all the time because you're wasting too much herb and you're also probably supporting some businesses that you may not want to support. So there it is, Piz, black on black. That right there is black on black with Jericho. <laughs> helping your pockets and helping your habits. <laughs> <laughs> you almost made me spit my beer out yo. <laughs> we got another new segment for folks today oh we're blessing them today this is all for Juneteenth we are blessing them today exactly celebration <laughs> Um, 
This is a new segment we like to call Headlines. Okay. So. It's new to me too, y'all. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I couldn't (laughs) tell you much about this, but I couldn't tell you much about this in advance because it only works. This only works if you don't actually know what I'm going to, what I'm going to be asking you about. Oh, all right. Okay. I got it. I can dig it. I'm ready. Plus I, plus we pretty much, you know, pretty much we don't really talk much in advance anyway about anything we're going to talk about. We like to keep it fresh for the people. Keep it real. Fair point. Fair point. Fair point. (laughs) So I had the, I had the realization that, or not, this wasn't a, a recent realization, but I mean, we, we've had conversations about, um, about the need for, and this is something I know you're passionate about the need for people to be independent. When we say independent, we don't just mean like politically file, uh, you know, register as with the independent party, but be independent in your thought and independent to be independent in your thought means you need to be critical in your ability to actually research and how you get your information. And I feel like one of the things that's happened to me as we've gotten older, I've always, I, I wonder back, I, I don't know. And I wonder what you think about this. I don't know if it's just naivete when we're young that I thought news when I turned on the news that it was that I was getting impartial, just facts delivered to me and that I could depend on the news to deliver that. But it feels like now what we have are at what we, what we seem to refer to or consider to be news outlets aren't really news outlets. They are actually opinion outlets Mm -hmm. or whatever more appropriate phrase would be for someone that, that, takes delivers news with a completely biased and swayed opinion. And I'm not just talking about one side or the other. I'm talking about all sides. Of this. Mm-hmm. So first off, what do you, am I, am I, am I crazy? Or like, was it just that when I was younger, I just wasn't aware, like it was always like that or has it become that way due to something that's had transpired over the years? What do you think? Nah, bro. You remember, um, <clears throat> uh, the dark night, that conversation that Alfred has with, uh, with Bruce Wayne. He's like, you know, basically Batman created the Joker. Like he created the mm-hmm. the environment for the Joker to become the Joker. Like yeah. this in, in the reverse, when Fox News went off the rails, um, mm-hmm. news also broke. Like it, so our entire news landscape is broken. And you and I, we grew up in a world where we didn't have a 24-hour news cycle. You know what I'm saying? The news mm-hmm. came on at a certain time of the day. And so you watch the news and if the news changed between those hours, you just didn't know until that hour came when the news came back on. Right. Um, and I grew up in a very heavy news family. All right. Um, news is playing in my house almost 24 hours a day on the radio, radio news. Um, mm-hmm. so I've always been in tune to, to, to the news. And I'm gonna tell you right now, the news right now is broken. It doesn't work anymore. Um, there, there are some news outlets that are more reliable than others, but even though sometimes I'm highly critical of, because I feel like they will also chase headlines as opposed to actually reporting news, um, Mm -hmm. because the headlines give them higher ratings. And I know that it's a ratings game. I get it. Like people's salaries have to get paid, but if your salaries are through the roof, then maybe hire some actual news people, stop hiring all these celebrities 
and let's stop worrying so much about how much money the news can make and deliver the news to the people. So yeah, I'm with you a thousand percent on that. Interesting. And you actually just reminded me, you talking about that. You reminded me of a conversation or a couple of conversations I've had with friends who work in uh, media and news coverage in, uh, in our, some of our friend groups who have told me that because we, we lived through this shift when, um, when Twitter, Twitter, you know, not, I'm not even trying to rail on Twitter. I'm not saying trying to get on them as like evil, but I think all, all, all technologies and all advancements throughout humankind usually have an equal amount of good and bad that occurs. Right. And so one of the things that Twitter created was create an environment, like you said, and this is what made me remember this of the 24 hour, 24 seven news cycle, which, and then it also created a, a situation where news was being broken by non-professionals who happened to catch wind of things first, right? Which led to the professional news outlets and professional news anchors having to compete with the amateurs and having to compete with the amateurs uh, for a 24 seven news cycle, which then led to people having the expectation of basically being excited by some news at all times, which is why suddenly there's breaking news every day. When like we used to have breaking news on like that breaking news was Sunday when you walked outside if you live, if you lived in in the burbs and the and the Sunday newspaper got delivered and you took the the rubber band off and the and the plastic off and you opened that newspaper and read what happened during the week that was your breaking news first of all the Sunday paper was like 10 pounds <laughs> oh the Sunday paper Sunday paper sometimes that that joint was gold sometimes sometimes it sometimes it had like a special little like something extra in there like a little little prize or something that's when you got the. Uh, that's how I got first got introduced to uh, Boondocks. I think the Boondocks yeah, cartoon yeah, it was in when, the paper. when when it when it was in the Sunday, when it was in the Sunday comics, and I and it was I was like, holy cow, there's a black, um, focused, uh, cartoon in the comic strips here. I used to love that shit. <laughs> yeah, man. But anyway, 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 back to the matter at hand here. So our segment headlines. Um, since our news should be unbiased. I want to do a little test every once in a while and see if you, my man, Justin, can guess if I read you a headline and I, I will tell you it is either from Fox or CNN because I think we can we can agree that those are probably the two leading extreme <laughs> news outlets that sways a lot of public opinion and capture yeah. a lot of people's attention, right? I'll take that, yeah. Um, and I believe that if we lived in a world where the where the news media that we were that people were actually uh, turning to was unbiased and just delivering factual information to us like that we need, then you shouldn't be able to guess which one it came from. Right. That is you, correct. Not without accuracy. It should just be a flip of the coin for you. All right. So let's see. Let's test it. I'm going like to try. It. I'm going to try to give you f- five of each, you know, give you 10 since it's our 10th episode. And hey. I'm going to do them in complete random order. And you tell me if that joint was Fox or CNN. And if you have anything to chime in on at the topic at hand. Right. And it's also going to be interesting to see. It's also going to be interesting to see um, how much of this stuff, whatever, because, because we record a little bit in advance, like we've told our, our pod listeners before. Um, 
it's going to be real interesting to see what is still topical because we're not bringing this stuff up to we're not you didn't come people didn't come here to listen to us deliver the news hopefully but they hopefully. came to hear us have thoughtful thoughtful and entertaining and humorous discussion about some of these topics and so part of the humor will be to see is any of this even stuff that people are outraged about a week from now <laughs> <laughs> how fast is the news cycle moving right are right, you ready right. first ready. one for you Here's a headline. Trump lawyer who led push to overturn election asked for pardon and other takeaways from third January 6th hearing. Definitely CNN. <laughs> that is most definitely CNN. You are one Fox for one, News, my brother. Fox News would never report on a Trump lawyer doing anything that would come off as negative. <laughs> That's kind of amazing, but but amazing, sad, and true. All right. Right? Let's do it. I'm ready. I'm warmed up now. Let me get a drink, too. I'm ready. Oh, you like this? All right. All right. Ready? Here's another one. Pelosi pressed on Dems abortion rhetoric as violence against churches, pro-life clinics on the rise. Hmm. That they, threw, they, they actually wrote that. They wrote that grammatically odd, so I'm going to fix it for you. Pelosi pressed on Dems abortion rhetoric as violence against churches and pro-life clinics on the rise. Definitely Fox News. Matt, thank, thank you for correcting it for me. That's a Fox yeah. headline. <laughs> hey, I, you, you, couldn't, you, couldn't, you couldn't feel the comma that I was silently saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Matt is most definitely a Fox headline, my brother. You are two for two. Let's two go. Two on headlines. Let's go. All right. Those were the those were the leading headlines at this moment. And one of the things I think that's funny about this is because I've had debates with people who have tried. It's funny when you have a debate with people and you express an opinion these days, they immediately try to say, oh, well, you obviously only get your news from such and such. I'm like, anybody who knows me knows, don't approach me with that kind of stuff because I get my eye. Yeah. I, I go to I go to all types of, of news outlets because my thing, what I like to do is I like to go back and forth and I'm like, all right, if one of them isn't talking about something and the other one is making a big deal about it, I want to I want to know that I want to know why the other one is staying away from. It. Mm-hmm. Same. Same here, brother. All right. Those were easy. Those were easy because, you know, those were leading headlines. I'm going to move down a little bit now and see where see all where right. we get. Hit me. Plummeting approval. Americans weigh in on Biden as gas prices, interest rates soar. You know what? That could be either one. I'm going to go with Fox News. Ooh, I thought I was going to trick you with that one because that one seemed a little more factual. A little it more was, factual. but I felt how it was leading, right? The language is leading you with the thing that we want to leave you with at the end is the thing that you should linger upon, right? Mm-hmm. So we're not worried about the approval ratings being low. That's not important to people. What's important to people, and Fox News is very good about speaking to the people, is gas, interest rates. So that's why I made that decision. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And I and actually, you just made me think of another good point, which is 
the interesting thing that is the importance of headline writing. Because why? Because we know people don't go and actually read half the people. Most people probably out there aren't going to go reading anything anyway. And then (laughs) to do research, independent research on their own like they should. And then if people do go research, they're going to get stuck at the headlines and probably not going to read a whole article about anything. Right. So headline writing is an art in and of itself. Yeah, man. Yes. All right. All right, my brother. You three for three right now. Trump is weighing whether to announce a 2024 bid before the midterms. Advisors are divided on that timing. Hmm. That's a good headline. Again, I think that can go either way. Um, I'm going to give Fox. I'm going to give Fox News the benefit of the doubt here. I'm going to go with Fox News. Oh, you got one wrong, brother. You got oh. one wrong. Run wrong. See, that's what I get for that giving right the benefit there. of the doubt. I shouldn't have done it. That right there. <laughs> <laughs> that was my. That was uh, my. I learned my lesson. You, I mean, the funny thing is, you hearing your your thought process on it was hilarious because, yeah, why are you giving benefits of doubts? Because I figured you was trying to trick me. <laughs> uh, more than 150 police officers shot so far this year. Records show. Hmm. Fox does always try to present itself as a pro-police network. I'm going to go with Fox News once again. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah. That, my friend, is correct. Yeah. Two men indicted in stabbing a father and son pizza shop owners trying. Hmm, let's try that again. Two men indicted in stabbing a father and son pizza shop owners trying to stop robbery. Sounds like local news. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Fox? <laughs> That is Fox again. Hey. All right. What if I only give you Fox? (laughs) (laughs) Buffalo shooting suspect said he committed massacre for the future of the white race. In note, apologizing to his family, affidavit says. Oh, that's easy. That's CNN. That is CNN, brother. Yeah, man. Again, Fox News would never write a headline like that. <laughs> 100 million people around the world have been forced to flee their homes. That's more than the population of most countries. Mm. Mm. I'm going to go CNN again. That, my brother, is correct once again. I was worried about that one. (laughs) I was worried about that one. I was like, Fox does report the news every now and then. I was like, don't you try to get me. All right. I have you at seven seven and one right now. All right. Word. But but the funny thing is, my my reporting on the score might be incorrect. (laughs) I only got one wrong, man. I take tests all the time. All right, let's go. What's next? All right. Europe 
is making it much harder for Russia to ship oil anywhere. Fox News. No. No? no. That is CNN, my brother. Oh, they got me. You got me. Photos. See the Yellowstone flood damage as surrounding communities assess economic impact. Fox News? That is Fox News. What gave that one away? Economic impact was the last thing you said. Hmm. They have a they have a little bit of a formula. They talk about things that Democrats are doing wrong, and they talk about economic impact, and they often try to present themselves as the pro-police network. So they run a lot of cop stories. Um, they run a lot of military stories, stuff like that. This is we're talking about actual news, not those clowns that come on in the evening. Like we're not even going to talk about those people. Um, mm. While the entire world was covering the January 6th hearing last week. Fox News was running Tucker Carlson with no commercials. Like, that's how ridiculous that network is. You know what I'm saying? Like, BBC is covering it, but Fox News, the biggest news network in America, is not covering it. Tell me something is not fundamentally wrong with that. I don't even want to talk about that. But anyway, like you said, (laughs) I, if I want to talk shit about the opponent, I study the opponent. That's why I know all the stuff that I'm talking about. Right. So like people walk into my house and Fox News is on and like, oh, you watch Fox News? I'm like, yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. Any questions? All right, keeping it moving, keeping it moving. Now that we've done a couple of news segments here, let's bring a familiar segment back to the B-Dorm experience. Ah, where are we going with this now? We are now taking it back or bringing back to another Dirty Words. Ooh. All right, so first off, like I usually like to do, Let's go to our friends at Merriam-Webster and see what the word... Well, first of all, let me tell you what the word is. The word this week is triggered. Uh, okay. So I'm let me ask you before I read the definition. Right what, now. <laughs> when, I, when I say the word triggered to you, when I say <clears throat> the word triggered, do you first off agree that that belongs in our dirty words category? And if so... Why and what type of emotional response does it does it generate in uh, in in you, Jericho? Absolutely a dirty word. I don't know which one of our peoples handed that one to you, but that, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the dirtiest words in our lexicon today. Because, God forbid, I as a Black American get triggered by something somebody else says. Because I, as a Black American, am not even supposed to get upset anymore because slavery's over and, you know, um, democracy and, uh, you know, Juneteenth. So everybody happy now. And <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit ridiculous 
because especially this country, and I mean, I'm speaking specifically about my experience, America has not reckoned with its racial history yet. It is uh, putting Band-Aids on a, on a deep, gaping, slashed, Freddy slash wound. Um, and it's kind of ridiculous the way that, the, that we've been dealing with this issue. But anyway, like you said, when you said triggered, I got triggered when you said it. Because we are in the <laughs> we're 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 in the middle of, of Pride Month, right? Um, there is a, a fundamental misunderstanding of the hardships that these people have to deal with. Because people who have never walked that walk, they think people are just being oversensitive about everything. Like take the transgender bathroom issue for 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 instance, right? They think, mm-hmm. well, what's the what's the harm? Why are they so angry? Just, you know, you were born with certain equipment. You should use certain restrooms. They don't understand how triggering that is, especially for a younger person, right? Because there are adults who are making these decisions on behalf of people who are still trying to figure themselves out as human beings, much less as different types of human beings. And I use the word different. I put that in quotations because we are all different in our own unique ways. And because there are a lot of people who are born a certain way and there are certain norms that are built around those things, there's a system in place for those people. And for people that are born outside of that system, there are no easy paths for them. Everything that they have to do is difficult. Just going to the bathroom is difficult. And for people to turn it into a thing where, oh, they're just, they're just being too sensitive, that it, it makes me upset. And I've said often on the pod, if you're not angry about everyone's problems, then you can't really be all that angry about your own. And that's kind of how you and I see eye to eye on this. We feel like all mm-hmm. of these disenfranchised communities, all of these prejudiced uh, communities need to combine their energy instead of fighting these individual fights. So I'm, I love that we're talking about the word triggered. I think that if America and like the, the four people in Canada that listen to us, what's up, y'all? If y'all <laughs> understand your own history, right, and the, the atrocities that have created the environment that we live in today, then you would understand why people are triggered. Now, to flip it completely, Piz, Mm-hmm. For some reason, white men have decided they now, white straight men, right, have decided now that they can be triggered by anything that refers to our disenfranchisement, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, the, the, it's this weird, you know, reverse victimization that's going on. Where like the the this clown from the, the the Buffalo shooter thinks that black people are replacing white people, right? So he has to go and murder as many black people as possible. And it was recently reported he wanted to inspire other people to do these types of crimes, right? So mm-hmm. the the irony, of course, is this is the same party we're talking about the GOP because all of these dudes are Republicans. 
the same people who are preaching that people on the left are too sensitive have now allowed themselves to become the ultimate snowflakes where they can't take any kind of criticism without resorting to violence. It's the, the <laughs> hypocrisy checklist. Put that on there, Pizzle. <laughs> so, if I may, I think I'm going to agree with you that I definitely triggered you by bringing up the word triggered. You did. You did. <laughs> I, think, I think that was just demonstrated. I don't know whether to apologize or whether you should thank me for allowing you to, to get that off your chest, my man. I thank you, sir. I feel lighter already. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, Going into um, celebration weekend, I feel a little bit lighter. You actually, you actually, um, un- unknowingly took it in a direction that, um, that, that, that actually I was something that a thought, a thought that I had been coming to the more I thought about this word triggered. So first off, let me, let me get back to reading the definitions here, you know, just to make sure we're all on the same page. So first a couple different triggered obviously has varying different definitions. The first one here released, initiated, or set off by a trigger. Okay. And, uh, you know, and then there's equipped with a trigger and then there's occurring in response to a stimulus typically perceived as negative or harmful right so that's the when we are talking about the dirty word triggered we're talking about that last definition right in terms of a a stimulus that causes a response because that stimulus is perceived as negative or harmful by an individual but what i find very intriguing what i found intriguing the more i thought about this word triggered is that Thinking about the um, all the talk about gun violence, gun rights, and um, just in general gun culture in America, regardless of your thoughts one way or the other about any of that stuff, I found it interesting that that would be the word that has grown to represent um emotional dissatisfaction is one in this country in particular is one that is directly correlated to gun culture. Very good. That's, that's how much of a, and that, and that typically I feel like nobody even stops and thinks about that when we, when we are using the word triggered. <laughs> um, but I think you brought up an interesting, it, the an interesting aspect of, of triggered that I've observed just as you have over the last, in particular, I'll say five to eight years or so. Yeah, we got to call this that, the Trump era because we got to just start calling it the Trump era because that's what it is. Well, I don't it's, know. I, I'm, I'm not even called. I'm, it, it, this goes. This this even predates Trump because I'm going to say yeah, a lot of this. I feel like it's from it's from birtherism. That's when it started uh, when Obama was in office on, and and he was mm-hmm. out talking about Obama's from Africa and he ain't from the United like that's that's when this whole shit started, bro. So that's that's why I refer yeah. to this whole thing as, as as the Trump era, man. Um, yeah, but but you know, as we as comes with various things that we talk about, I I think my take on it is a little different, I guess, personally. I think it because I think there's I think there's fault on all sides from all peoples of different walks of life when it comes to being quote unquote triggered. But part of all right. So part why I feel that way is because I feel that all of us have something that we think it's is ridiculous that other people get upset about. You mean like right? bed sheet Almost corners? All of us. 
have yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh go back and listen to episode nine if you don't get the the the, the reference that justin just made but yeah Inside i get triggered joke. by by the bed sheets not being properly taken care of <laughs> but on the flip side all of us also simultaneously have something that we get upset about that other people think is ridiculous for us to get upset about so all, almost all of us need to end up on the hypocrisy checklist when it comes to being triggered because the crazy thing about this whole trigger thing is where do you draw the line because everybody it's basically monitoring sensitivity and there's a point when all of us there's a point where each of us thinks like oh you shouldn't be upset that person shouldn't be upset because the thing of i did or did or said because i didn't mean it that way and they're being too sensitive where, but then all of us come around at some other point and say, those people need to be more aware and more sensitive to this thing that bothers me. And so I have just just taken a step back to find kind of the humor in the fact that, like, we are all playing this weird game of trying to monitor sensitivity while all of us maintain some level of oversensitivity our, our, in our own right. That we need to that we need to own up to and admit it. We like at, at some point you just need to admit it and realize. It. And the more that you can realize that, the better it becomes. Makes you at actually responding to other people's sensitivities or whatever it triggers them. But going back to what you said that I found interesting in this idea of of gun culture and the word triggered literally having that duality is that you were bringing up the fact that there seems to be a retaliation of triggering when one side or whoever is being triggered or whoever is being accused of triggering people seem to then eventually have enough and and be triggered themselves by call, being called out for triggering the others and you know right. what i find to be funny about that is when one person pulls out a gun and threatens to pull the trigger what do you think happens to the other person? What do you think is going to happen when the, with the other person who has a gun on the other side? Go back in any Western movie. <laughs> there's going to be triggering on the other side. So I right. think it is that it is not lost on me. The humor, not that. And I'm not saying that, that <laughs> I'm not trying to make light of the gun issues in this country, but I'm more finding the irony in the fact that the gun culture in this country has led to us using this word to describe our emotional sensitivities in the first place and that we then didn't think that what exactly what happens with guns is going to have was going to happen over time i'm not surprised at all by anything you just described because none of this was stuff that i found surprising because i understood how we were expressing ourselves and there was some reason there's always some there's some correlation between how we choose to express ourselves and something so how it's played out over the last five eight ten however many years or so is nothing that i find surprising whatsoever this mm -hmm. uh american story of defending oneself becomes the justification for clowns like the buffalo shooter to go shoot black people because in his brain he's doing the american thing which is if I perceive a threat, then I'm supposed to eliminate it with gun violence. And I just, you know, bringing it back to our, our previous conversations about guns, 
I know that I've got a little bit triggered when you brought it up. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more settled now. Um, <laughs> but I know where the line is, though, Piz. And the line is that information. People have to know what they're talking about. Like, don't just get upset when you see something. Don't just get upset when you hear something. Make sure you actually know what you're talking about before you start getting upset and then spreading your anger to others who also aren't going to take the time to figure out what they're actually talking about. And this is something we talked about in episode nine. So please go back, check out episode nine of the B Dorm pod and fill yourself with this energy because as a country, we got to get better. We got to be better people at, you know, understanding each other's problems and, and not being triggered um, and understanding other people's triggers and, and what's behind them, the history behind them. But anyway, all right, that's it. I'm good. I'm going to drink now. <laughs> Salute to that. Cheers, brother. Hey, B-Dorm listeners, you've probably heard me mention in passing that I do professional voiceover work. Well, some of that includes audiobooks that you can download off of Audible. So check this out. We know you love to listen. And for a limited time only, we've got a great special offer for our dedicated listeners. We're happy to be able to offer you up to two free books when you try Audible Premium Plus. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix to Dolly Parton and James Patterson's Run, Rose, Run. There's something for everyone, and they're the perfect companion for your weekend run or your summer road trip. You can listen to thousands of great titles, as many as you want, whenever you want. Stream or download to listen offline. Click the link in the show notes and get started today. As I observe you taking your drink, I realize that you are about, I would say, 80% of the way through with your drink, as am I, which means we have now entered the B-Dorm Witching Hour. Let's go. (laughs) All right. So, Justin, this week. It is our 10th episode, as I said before. Mm. And I feel like this is a milestone. Mm. So. Whenever we get to the witching hour, you know, I tend to be a little loose because we've been sipping on our beverages and I ask you something funny. And a lot of the times my things have been very dystopian related and I have a lot of thoughts related to the zombie apocalypse and this and that. I'm not going there this time. I'm not going there. All right. But I've had I've had one that I've been that I've been thinking about for a long and hard for a while. And I uh, kept it on deck to save for a special episode. And I think now is a good a time as any because it's a celebration over here. Pause. So, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Long and hard, you kept it on deck. <laughs> um, All right, go ahead. <laughs> I was trying not to laugh when I said that, Jericho. I was trying not to I lost, laugh. I, I, I wouldn't <laughs> have heard anything you said. I needed to get that out, dogs. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Because I think right, you know where I'm going with this one. <laughs> yes. All right, let's go. I'm bringing it to the great debate. I'm bringing it to the great debate, bringing it to the great debate. And I, cause I need you to break this one down for the peoples. I'm not asking you to, I'm not asking you to just pick one for all time. I want you to 
to let people understand this topic that is near and dear to our hearts. Mm. And this is going to sound like a topic that is just that people are, uh, you know, uh, any of our our female listeners out there are going to think, oh, you know, this one's this sounds very, very much for the fellas. But no, trust me, because one way to make a man really, really happy is to gift him some truly comfy underwear. (laughs) And so what I want to talk about here is. I want to talk about, I want to talk about our underwear. I want to talk about our draws, man. I want to talk about, cause I, I want to I make sure people that are out perfect here. And I don't even know I'm cracking them. Tis. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I want to right, make good, sure. Good. I want to, I feel like this is some, I feel like, I feel like, you know, everybody knows about Victoria's secrets. Many men have gone to Victoria's secrets or some other lingerie shop and gotten there. You know, their lady, if they're in a, you know, hetero relationship of that nature, some lingerie. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we we don't talk enough about men and both the combination of not only fashion but function that our undergarments play in our lives. Okay. All so right. here's a debate. I want you to, I want you to take me through and I feel like this is one we need to take people through kind of the life cycle of our own lives of where these have all come into play. But I want you to talk about Boxers versus briefs versus boxer briefs. <laughs> okay. I'm with you. All right. First, so, so let's start off. Let's start off. Let's start off with um which of the three do you have on right now? If any. <laughs> <laughs> Old one. <laughs> Because the camera's only focused on you from like chest up, so I don't know what's going on down south, brother. That's true. You don't. Um, at the moment, um, I I may or may not be free balling. I will not confirm or deny that for the radio audience. <laughs> um, all right. So all of us grew up wearing tidy whities, unquestionably. I don't care who you are. When your 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 first your first underwear, when you were aware of the fact that you were wearing underwear and it wasn't, you know, duty panties, those, you know. <laughs> those was tidy whities. All right. So sorry, sorry, hold on. Did you just call did you just refer to diapers as duty panties? Duty panties, that's right. <laughs> Cause they, okay. you know what I'm saying? Like you see babies, right? They kind of they real tight, doodle squeezing out the side, nasty. All right. So <laughs> you get older. For me, it was like I was like 13, 14, really started feeling myself as an adult. Switched over to boxers. Right now I'm grown. I'm an adult now. I got boxers on. I'm no mm-hmm. longer wearing, um, you know, my 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 holy, not not religious, just with holes, my holy tidy whities. Right. Mm-hmm. So. I felt mature. I felt older. But I also started to realize that I was participating in a lot of sports and boxers get bunched up under my uniforms. It was real uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. So I started going with the boxer briefs, have never looked back. If you're a dude and you don't wear boxer briefs, if you're an adult, I don't know what's wrong with you. Like, come, like, come talk to me. 
like you you need you need a, you need an education on draws because mm. there's a reason why tidy whities are dope they keep everything in place but as you get older you need more room and tidy whities unless <laughs> unless they're made differently they don't cut it and you got stuff hanging out <laughs> on the sides you know what i'm saying it's just not comfortable that's what the boxer briefs are for. Also, you know, I'm a fashionable person. Um, sometimes my my pants are as as tight as my legs are, and I got big ass thighs. I'm a big dude, so you gotta have very good form fitting boxer briefs, almost like tights, so that there are no mm-hmm. seams that you can see through the clothes. Women think about this kind of stuff all the time. I think men don't pay enough attention to these kinds of things. And I look at dudes trying to wear like skinny jeans or like, you know, skinny slacks. They're, they're uh, skinny chinos. And you can see the whole boxer, you know, line on, on the thighs. You know what I'm talking about? Poking out. So mm-hmm. this is, it's, it's a fashion thing. Eye line. Yeah, you Eye got line. it. It's a fashion you can be thing. Be a grown a man walking out thing. there with your with your underwear thigh line and your in your yeah, jeans. Why, why y'all thigh lining out there? Why y'all thigh lining out there? <laughs> <laughs> so the great debate is over. It's boxer briefs, and I know you agree with me because me and you we see like this. Mm-hmm. So tell me. So okay, 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 okay. So maybe great debate is the is wrong, but or at least between us, because you're right. There's no debate here because I. <laughs> <laughs> box of briefs all the way i've been a consultant to many friends in fact i think i'm i w- was i no no no. we i didn't consult you but i i i've had a couple of friends who who have told me that i am the reason they switched to box of briefs because because i through the years have been a proponent of the bro- box of brief but let's talk about this evolution that you talked about because i find that interesting not only uh, the evolution but i find that there's a generational thing going on here and i don't know if this is just generational or this is also have to do with uh, ethnicity or and culture, but I do know that it seems that the men, and especially the, I guess, men immigrant men or Afro Caribbean men immigrant men at least of our parents' generation, seem to be very set on their 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 uh, tidy whitey situation, and we got you got we got to assume. Because when you go to when you go to the store, if people go to the store to buy this stuff anymore, people just order online. But there, there was nah, always old people. They still go to the store. Yeah, we we live in a supply and demand. We live in a supply and demand dom, uh, driven society, right? So if there wasn't a lot of people out there rocking them tidy whities, there wouldn't be so many tidy whities on uh, on the shelves for people to buy. There are there's there there's lots of tidy whities out there so there's lots of people rocking them tidy whities and buying them tidy whities so you brought up some of the function i want to get i want to get a little i want to get even i want to go go even deeper with this one because <laughs> part of the the issue with the tidy whitey is not only the i guess as you brought it the the potential for overage <laughs> spillage <laughs> spillage the, the potential for spillage but then if the tidies if you're not getting spillage you have that um that like seam 
that is digging into the upper thigh, uh, upper, um, I don't know what we call that region, upper thigh, upper groin region, that like corner where the two. Yeah, connect. yeah, 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 and then, yeah. And then you get that, that seam digging into that. If you're not having the spillage that you were concerned about before. Right. You either got spillage or you got, you got, you got chafing. Yeah, exactly. And you don't want chafing. And then, and then if you don't have the chafing due to the seam digging into the, the upper thigh, upper groin, uh, corner (laughs) of, of the, of your, of your leg, then if you, as yourself mentioned, as a lot of African-American men, we tend to be thick in many, many of us, thick and big boned, as we like to say, <laughs> and big leg, right? <laughs> then you get that, then you get thigh on thigh uh, potential, or at the very least, or your, your thigh is rubbing, your upper thigh is rubbing up against the inner part of your pants. Thigh on thigh crime. Right? <laughs> thigh on thigh crime. We don't like. We're not about that thigh on thigh crime here. We're not about that. We're not about that. <laughs> and that's what would happen back in the day if you tried to rock the tidy whities back when we were growing up in the nineties with some baggy jeans. Yeah, because the bag and the cr- the crotch would sag low, and then your thighs would rub up against each other because you had no protection. Mm-hmm. Right. Then came the box. I don't know what happened if the boxer, I feel like the boxer got invented around 1993, but I know it had been around, obviously. <laughs> but every time I, I did some crowdsourcing on this topic with some, some of our buddies before bringing this one up. And it seems to me that everybody I know, like, like you were saying, we all grew up, all of us who grew up in that time frame were rocking the tidy whiteies and then made a distinct switch around high school to the boxers. Exactly. Around like that's why I said like around that them early nineties early mid nineties like we all of a sudden seem to switch to boxers, but all but not the generation above us. And this is one of them things that like we talk about. I feel like <laughs> we were just talking about people being triggered by some things. I feel like I might be triggering some people with this. If I'm triggering you with this, I'm sorry. That's not my intention. But perhaps you need to be a little more open to maybe looking at the other side of things because we're looking out for you. Right, we're looking out for you things. with this one. <laughs> that's a whole other i wasn't gonna go there i wasn't gonna go there brother but yes when we're talking tidy whiteies (laughs) that (laughs) jt just might have got might even crossed too far of a sophomore line line for me on this podcast with with that one my bad but duty duty panties that didn't do it for you (laughs) (laughs) but all right so now then you move on to the boxer but why did all of us like for me that boxer phase was really about like because there was this whole phase where when in the 90s where if you were if you're trying to be you know you're trying to have that look you're trying to floss whatever you had to have your um undershirt your cutoff undershirt that people use a, a derogatory term for that i'm gonna try i try to cut out and not refer to it as they're called they're called a shirts yeah people will rock them them ribbed under cotton undershirts sleeveless joints and then you but you needed to tuck that into your boxers and then your boxers you needed to have the boxer um like logo on the band showing Mm -hmm. because it became a necessity if you wanted to be you know if you want people to respect you like they needed to know that you were rocking that name brand boxers Yeah, man. And then so then your pants needed to ha- hang lower than that. Like, you know, the how, like 
Did you go through that phase where you spent time when you were going out making sure that there was a perfect, nice, symmetrical distribution of, of you know, boxer line and brand name, then of after course. the jean and then the T-shirt, et cetera, just so people. I'm knew. guilty. I'm guilty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was I was working like. for Tommy Hilfiger at the time mm-hmm. and I was getting free draws. So I was trying to rock my Tommy oh. Hilfiger draws all the time. Like it was the most expensive thing I owned. So I was like, I'm not trying to hide it under my clothes. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. So then, so then, but then the problem is what I'm trying to figure out is did I know like like you said, so the boxer brief came in, began for me as a utility thing, a function thing. Around because you the first time you put some on, they were kind of like like the the compression shorts for sports is what introduced me to boxer briefs. Because exactly. I remember being like, I remember I bought a pair of those at one point and was like, you know what, I'm gonna try these out because that's what the athletes rock. And then that's when you're like, oh wow, I'm getting a nice little hug of my thigh. I'm not getting the chafing between. I'm not getting the thigh on thigh crime anymore (laughs) it's a whole new world but the joints that were the athletic ones they used to they used to ride like way a little too low and you couldn't wear them under like shorts Mm -hmm. unless you were rocking real real long shorts right because you didn't want your draws to be hanging out hanging out under you just wanted that top band to show you didn't want them hanging out on the leg right so I wonder now, though, did did the but then that I went through that point of life where then I was going through, you know, balancing out box of briefs or or the the those those, you know, sports utility briefs or whatever they were. And then boxers were for times when I wasn't doing sports. But then. Like you said, I think the tight jean revolutions came along, the tighter jeans revolution came along and something happened to the boxer. Where the boxer just never evolved, the boxer never evolved. To, to, to work with the modern day style. And I don't know if it's ever going to come back, but, or, but people are still, there's some people out there rocking boxers and I don't, I don't, I don't know how you rock boxers and skinny jeans. I don't know how you do it. All that crinkliness, all of that extra cloth bunching up everywhere. It's a nightmare. And like you said, then you get that thigh line. Right. Like if you got to tuck your boxer in while you're pulling your pants up, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah if if i'm getting ready in the morning and i got to spend five minutes reaching my hand back in to smooth out <laughs> what's going on on each thigh that's a problem but then but another thing that i think is the most and this is where so now we're in agreement on the box of brief being the most the best utility the best functional one but now I want to I want to I want to talk about from a, both a fashion standpoint and a comfort standpoint is that what really sealed the deal for me is when this revolution of material with the with this moisture wicking uh dry what's it called dry, is it called dry fit yeah 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 whatever, yeah whatever when under armor came around and started making shit way more comfortable than anybody else <laughs> and then suddenly everybody else started making the same shit like Under Armour, it seemed. Then now to all y'all out there who may already be on the same train as us with the box of brief, I have to tell you, if you aren't rocking some of this dry fit, satiny feeling box of briefs, 
you need you haven't leveled up yet. Cause that's when you can you put them joints on. That is made for these modern day skinny jeans or tighter, not baggy jeans. There's nothing like putting them joints on. And then you just slip your tight ass <laughs> jeans over your big ass black donkey. <laughs> yo, yo, dropping knowledge. This is for all of y'all out there. Knowledge for the people. Thank you, Piz. <laughs> so I don't know if you all that revolution yet, but go take it up, level up people, kick it up a notch, dry fit your draws. Dry fit your draws. All the way <laughs> is the number one recommendation for me at Jericho. And that is another episode of the Beat Or Podcast. We'll catch you next Ooh. time. All right. Powered by Righteous Media.